Hi, and welcome to Parents on Disney, travel talk for parents by parents. I'm Catherine, the mother of a three-year-old boy. And I'm Lucy, the mother of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Well, hey, Lucy, it's good to see you this week. Yeah, you as well. I'm excited to talk about our topic that we've prepared. We also have a little secret surprise topic for the end of the show that you don't know about. Oh, and I'm really excited to get into that. We decided for our first official episode that we would talk about first-time tips. So we've put together this list of tips that we would give to first-time visitors to Walt Disney World, but I think these are applicable to anybody. And first time, I think, for Disney can be your first time ever, but if it's also your first time in a while, it's really like being a first time visitor all over again. Mm. We have written out a list of tips. I'm sure we will be going off tangent and we will be coming up with some more as, as we go through them. Our first one is first because it's the most important and it's really, we could do a whole episode just on this topic. We would suggest anyone who is going to Walt Disney World for the first time or for the first time in a while needs to do their research and have a plan. Some people don't really like to plan for vacation. That's not their style. That's fine, but you may not have the experience that you want to have if you just decide to go into it with no planning. The first thing we would suggest you think about is what type of vacation do you want? Do you want to go on every ride, see every show, do everything? Or do you want to relax and have some time by the pool and go to some of the fine dining restaurants? and have more of a relaxing experience. So that's the first thing we would recommend is really be honest with yourself about what is it that you want to get out of this trip. I think it's important if you're going to be a ride-heavy family on your trip, are you going to take advantage of Genie Plus? Is that going to be something that's going to maximize your time with the ride? Or you don't care so much for the rides. You have a kid that's sensitive to dark rides or flashing lights, which dinosaur comes in mind, Mm -hmm. flashing lights. Mm -hmm. At the time, my daughter was not yet five. She rode dinosaur, and I was very surprised by that because it's It's scary. It's Mm -hmm. It's intense. Yeah, it's intense. So that's something to keep in mind. You know, do you want to go and hit up all the new snacks? Is there a special event going on? In particular, I had a whole list of things that I wanted to get. And that was one of my main things because my last trip, I missed out on those things. A lot of snacks that I had to get and hide from my kids (laughs) because I knew if I brought them back in front of them that they would have been their snacks Mm -hmm. and their treat. Yeah, I think you touched on dark rides and sensitivities, I think that brings us to another one of the things we have on our list is that if you are planning on doing a ride-heavy trip, there are so many rides to choose from on your vacation, and you might want to do some research into what rides are we going to really go on and focus on. Maybe you watch some ride videos, try to get an idea. Is this going to be too intense for my kid, or is this something I think they can handle? Maybe there are medical conditions in your traveling group, and when you go, you'll see they have big signs out in front of all the rides if there's a concern for a a medical condition where if you have neck problems, don't ride this ride. So you might want to look into those sort of things. Height restrictions are another big one. If you have kids who are not tall enough that they can ride any ride, you'll want to look and see what are the height restrictions on the rides that they want to do. Measure them before you go. Yes. And set that expectation with them. You don't want to 
be you don't want to parent with yeah crying child they can't ride they really want to do this ride and then you have to drag them away from this thing they really want to do if you can set the expectation before you go you also while you're looking at rides probably want to check out restaurants yes and see what are we gonna eat yeah i know where that's, are we that's the first thing on my list is <laughs> where what food am i eating and and with kids which disney's very obviously kid friendly there's not a whole lot of wild stuff out there oh you can but... almost always get a turkey sandwich a grilled cheese oh man yeah. a, a macaroni and cheese yeah. uh, they have a kid's option mm-hmm. at every restaurant yes yes but maybe you have someone in your traveling party who is not a kid but has kid taste buds so that's just something that to keep in mind maybe you're looking for something adventurous maybe you're going the other way maybe mm-hmm. you want to try something new we're going to a new place i want to eat something i've never eaten before the other thing is price point right. so there's a range of price points are you going to be quick service for every meal or do you want to sit down and have a full-blown fine dining experience you want to take that under consideration as well i would say i have done sit down meals at disney twice maybe and it was fun and i would like to do more of that but if you are going with the idea of trying to get as many rides done as possible and shows and all those different things you might not want to plan on having sit down meals it can be a very long experience depending on the restaurant that you go to and how busy it is Mm -hmm. you might not want to carve out two hours of your afternoon when you could be using that time for rides so again it goes back to researching knowing what it is you want to get out of the trip yeah we did on our first day at our latest trip did cinderella's real table and it was great of course at the time it was only cinderella there now all the princesses are back now had been back it was great but there were times where i was sitting there and i could see out and i'm like oh man we could be on x y and z ride or doing whatever we still had a full day and we got plenty of things in but well i think that's a bonus tip this is sort of for the professional visitor your reservation was for breakfast yes and it was before park open mm, yeah. so so you had to go in empty park yeah right which was great because i lined everybody up and made them take a picture in front of the castle because there was hardly it was basically if you had a reservation mm-hmm. you were there for that and that was it so it cut into your park time a little bit but not as much as it would have no it, not as much today. because it, it did take a good chunk of time walk in meet cinderella which my daughter was terrified of i oh. think yeah she was that was our first meet and greet though mm-hmm. so i think it was just too surreal for her you know she's like blown away but also like oh my gosh this is cinderella here like starstruck and they walk you up and it was packed it was a full house up there i think there was not an empty table and you know you get your muffins and they have some other pastries they bring out and then you have your main meal and we sat and enjoyed ourselves and it was a great experience i would personally i know some people say they wouldn't do it again and so i know some people complained that the food was not i i had a fantastic meal and so did my husband and we were full and the kids were happy and we tore into the park after that and got Mm -hmm. tons of stuff done yeah well i think if you're planning to do something like that anyway where you're making a reservation if you can get a reservation before park opens or you can also make reservations sometimes for after the park closes then you are getting extra time in the park that yes you're paying for the meal so in a sense you are paying for the extra time but if you were going to do that anyway you were already in 
to pay for it, so you might as well buy yourself some extra time. Yeah, and then it is pricey, that meal. But it was the first time the kids had gone, so she just thought it was the coolest thing that we were inside the castle. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the view up there is great. I tried to take as many pictures as I could, because I was like, I don't know when we're going to be back doing this again. But, you know, that is something to take account for, that it is a good chunk of your time. So, I was happy that we got... I mean, we did have to... We were up early as it was. Mm -hmm. So, it was a little bit of pressure, because I was like, all right, come on. We gotta get there, you know. Yeah, to make your reservation, day, especially using Disney transportation, yes. which can be yeah unpredictable. Right. Day one, I had. I think that's something else we're gonna probably talk about is expectations. I did try to lessen my expectations, and I was trying. I remember that morning telling myself, "Okay, we're gonna make it. It's okay. If we're not like everything's not perfect because that's just not feasible in any trip with kids or without. Well, that's, yeah, without any time you travel." Yeah. But that was something that helped our trip, I feel like, go better, is to lessen those expectations. We had a plan, but if it didn't go that way, it just didn't go that way. Right. And we had something on our list, which I think speaks to this idea of not having expectations or not having really built up expectations, is if you're going for the first time, don't go into it with the mindset of, this is our only time that we're going to go and we have to do everything. Because if you go in with that mindset of, we're never coming back, so we have to do everything. If you don't get to do something, then is your trip ruined because you didn't get to go on Guardians of the Galaxy? I understand that there are people who go once and say, that's enough for me. It wasn't my scene. I don't want to do it again. That's fine. But if you enjoy it, be open to the possibility of, well, I didn't get a chance to go on Guardians of the Galaxy this time. I'll get to it another time. We still haven't been on Flight of Passage. We went, I think we were there like two weeks before it opened. Yes, we were. That was what, six years ago? Six years ago. And we still haven't gotten onto it. That's what I always just tell myself is we'll get on it. It's not going away. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, going back to something we said about time and buying yourself more time by making an early reservation or a late reservation, you can also get yourself some more time in the parks depending on the hotel you stay at. So that's another thing that you want to be researching and thinking about when you're making your plans for the first time is where are you staying? Are you staying off property and driving to the Disney park every day? Are you staying on property, if you are staying on property, where? We are big on property fans. I think for us, (laughs) if we're going to go, we're going to go on property. Especially with kids, I think it just makes it so much easier to just go get on the bus, come back on the bus, or the monorail, or the Skyliner, or the ferry, (laughs) whatever your options are. It takes the weight off of driving in Orlando, in the Disney area, which is full of other tourists who are also so driving to Disney at the same time and leaving at the same time. And maybe you don't know where you're going and they don't know where they're going. And it's just not a pleasant way to start your day. No. And it's just the convenience, but it's just also knowing that you have that set transportation. Wish they would bring the Magical Express back. Well, Ugh. that kicks off, I feel like, your trip. The Magical Express, if you don't know, is a service that Disney used to provide where they would bus you from MCO, the airport in Orlando, and it was free. They would pick you up. They would get your luggage. You could check your luggage in at your home airport and not see it again until you got to your room. Disney would take care of all your luggage. They would get you to your hotel. There was 
a video that played, got you in the spirit, trivia, and then they picked you up and they brought you back. Same thing. And it was free. Yeah. And it is no longer with us, unfortunately. I mean, it was fantastic. And just not having to worry about driving and nice air-conditioned bus. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing to think about with hotels is if you stay on property, and I think also the Good Neighbor Hotels, too, Mm -hmm. have this, where you can get into the parks 30 minutes early. It doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you take advantage of that, if you're there for four days, you're doing the four parks. That's two hours. It gets you in so you can be the first one to get in line for Slinky Dog Dash or Seven Doors Mine Train or whatever it is that you want to get to. That could end up saving you more time in the long run because you knock out whatever that big ticket item is for Mm -hmm. you and then that frees up the rest of your day for some other things. I mean, if you you see the people shuffling to their big destination right when the rope drop Mm -hmm. happens and 30 minutes is a big deal when you think about it. When you get there and the wait times go from 20 minutes to 30 minutes to 40, 50 hour long. Well, like if if the park's opening at 9 o'clock and you can get in at 8.30 and you go back to Slinky Dog Dash and you get on the line. By the time the people who are staying off property get there at 9 o'clock, the line for Slinky Dog Dash is probably an hour, right? Right. So it really can save you some time. If you are staying at a deluxe hotel, then you get your extra magic hours in the evening. This used to be a benefit that all of the Disney Resort hotels got. They have since converted it to the early morning half hour for all parks, all days, all hotels. And the extra magic hours are now just for the deluxe hotels. So Disney has different levels of hotel accommodations, price point. The value resorts are the lowest price point. The moderates are in the middle. And then deluxe and deluxe villas are at the top. And you also have DVC thrown in there, which I think, depending on who you ask, would be sort of between the moderate, moderate and the, and and the deluxe. deluxe. Yeah. So if you're staying in a deluxe hotel, one of those higher priced options, as a guest of those hotels, one of the benefits that's offered to you is those extra hours mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day. And that is a rotating schedule. It's a different park each day that will have that extra mm-hmm. time. That brings me into another thing that we have on our list, which is thinking about which parks are you going to on which days. So if you are lucky enough to be staying at a deluxe resort and you have that option of having the extra time in the park in the evening, maybe that's the park that you want to go to and you want to take advantage of that. If your kids are going to be able to stay up late enough to do that, then that's a value that's already included in the price that you're paying for the hotel. Mm -hmm. So why not? If you're not staying in a deluxe hotel and you know today is the day that Magic Kingdom has extra hours for deluxe guests, well, maybe I don't want to go to Magic Kingdom today then because everybody from the deluxe hotel is going to be there. You also want to take into account, are there any extra events going on? Yeah, not so scary. Very Merry Christmas, DVC Moonlight Magic. Sometimes they have private events in the parks where organizations will rent out Mm -hmm. the park. So you want to be aware of what are the hours for each of the parks. Is the Magic Kingdom closing at 6 o'clock today because there's a Christmas party? Stuff like that. If you are going to the Christmas party, maybe you do want to go to the Magic Kingdom that day. If you're not going to the Christmas party, maybe you don't want to go that day because you want to be able to stay later and see the fireworks. Another thing is there are parks that are more or less crowded depending on the day of the week. For example, Epcot is typically more crowded on the weekends because it's more popular 
popular with the locals to come and go to the restaurants and have the drinks, drinks. and different things. Yep. So I always try to avoid Epcot on a weekend. I also heard recently, I don't know if this is true, but it's something I heard, that the Magic Kingdom is especially crowded on Mondays because people are traveling over the weekend. They get to their destination on Sunday, and then Monday's their first day in the parks, and so they want to start at the Magic Kingdom. Everybody heads to the Magic Kingdom on yeah. Monday. Well, Monday was our Magic Kingdom day. Well, there and, you go. <laughs> and our second Magic Kingdom day was on Friday, and it was noticeably less crowded on Friday than it was on Monday. Okay. So, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like you said, you don't know if that's true, but I can attest that I felt like it was more crowded on Monday versus Friday. Related to looking at the hotel options, we would suggest looking at a map, which sounds kind of old school and silly when they have the, the app that you can look at everything, but if you are not familiar with the layout of the Walt Disney World Resort, the parks, the hotels, yeah. Disney Springs. It's massive. It's, <laughs> it's huge. And so. if you are planning to go to the Magic Kingdom for three days because you know that's the kind of stuff that your kids are going to be into, well, maybe you don't want to stay at the Animal Kingdom Lodge on the complete opposite right. side of the property. And I think it also helps you to get a sense of travel times. You look at the map and you see, okay, our hotel is here and Epcot's over here. How long is it going to take us right. realistically to get over Especially there? Especially if you have a reservation. That was me in the morning, okay? I mapped it out. How many minutes is it going to take for us to get on the bus to Cinderella's Castle to make this reservation? Because I knew that getting up and getting everybody out of bed and dressed and... Well, I won't yeah. give Disney credit, though. They, in the app, I think it's only if you have an active reservation at a Disney hotel, but it will tell you the buses, when the next one is coming, oh. and how long... What oh, the bus? Yes. The bus will be here at eight thirty-two, right. and it will right. be at Animal Kingdom at eight forty-two or whatever it right. is. So that is helpful too, because there are certainly times in the hotel room where I was like, "The bus is going to be here in three minutes. We got to go run." <laughs> that actually brings me to another thing that is not on our list, but made me think of it: is if you do decide to stay at a Disney Resort hotel, the rooms in a particular hotel are not all created equal necessarily. Mm -hmm. So there's different categories of rooms. So the last Last time we went, we stayed at All Star Movies, and we paid a little bit extra for our preferred room. And they have different, and they are changing the room categories. They're trying to make it more streamlined. But when we booked the preferred room, there was a few different options of what that means. So at All Star Movies, there were certain buildings that were categorized as preferred rooms, and we did it because we wanted to be close to the bus. My parents were like, "We're not going to want to walk <laughs> from the back of the resort all yeah. the way up." To the bus stop. We were at the back. We so. want to be able to go get our coffee and then come back and we don't want to have to walk all the way and we figured that was good for us too with the stroller and everything. We didn't want to have to walk. So I think if you're going to stay on property, every other time I've stayed in a standard room and it's been fine, but if you think that you might want to have a room request like that where you want to be near the bus or near the pool or near whatever, don't just book a standard room. Look at your room type option and see if there is something in particular that you want to reserve for yourself. Yeah, and it also kind of goes back to what kind of vacation you want to have because there's people that want to go and stay in the nicest hotel mm. and have all of these extra amenities versus me where I'm like, I'm not going to even be in the room hardly right. as it is. Right. I just got a bed and... <laughs> 
know? Right, yeah. If you're if you're you know? planning a trip where you think you're going to be in the park at rope drop and you're not going to leave till the park's closed, you, all you need is a room to sleep and to get a shower. Other than potentially location, if you, for example, think you're going to spend a lot of time at Epcot and you're going for Food and Wine Festival and you're going to go to Epcot every night, well, then maybe you want to stay at one of the, the boardwalk or beach club or yacht club. Right. Even if you're not going to be in the room necessarily that much. Right. But you want to be able to walk back to your room from Epcot, then maybe that makes sense. But otherwise, I think, again, that goes back to what kind of vacation do you want to have? Because I know there are people who are used to a certain level of quality. If that's your situation, if you have the money to stay at a deluxe hotel, go for it. I'm jealous of you. But <laughs> if you're if you're on a more of a budget, the value hotels are great. I think the value hotels are great. I love the theming. Well, especially with kids. With kids. Yeah. You stay at the Grand Floridian, they're not going to care. They don't. No, you stay at the All-Stars or Pop Century and there's a giant Mickey statue or a right. giant... Giant uh, instruments. We had a gigantic guitar and music, a keyboard. Yeah. Um, the, I remember <laughs> my daughter was every morning when we left the hotel, I'm going to hop to every black key. Uh-huh. Now this morning I'm hopping to every white key. I mean... Yeah, we had the same uh, thing. So we stayed in the 101 Dalmatians section of All-Star Movies. One of the Dalmatians, one of the puppies, he was outside of our kind of like courtyard area. He was there and so every time we left we had to come back my son we had to go see the puppy and give him a hug and everything and I think for them if you were to give them a choice do you want to stay at this hotel that has all these characters and I think it's just a different atmosphere it's, it is it's a I think it's a more family oriented atmosphere not mm-hmm. that the other hotels would be bad for a family but I think it's more lighthearted and fun whereas mm-hmm. the Grand Floridian well I'm sure you would have a great experience there is a little bit more mature let's say. yes I mean when we went to look at gingerbread house I was like this is making me on edge almost just being in the lobby with my two mm-hmm. kids and mm-hmm. I'm like don't touch that don't let's not knock over that lamp that looks like who knows how much it costs I mean that just goes back to your preference I just you're saving money at the value resorts and they're themed they're cute I will say they are the standard room is tight family of four mm-hmm. it worked for us our double stroller was sometimes a little bit of a problem with folding it up and keeping it out of the way of the door. But other than that, we unfortunately didn't get to enjoy the pool. But We didn't either. We just didn't have time. We just, yeah, we didn't have time. We just stayed busy with stuff. The pool is very cute themed and there's a guitar shaped pool and if that's not your vibe, then I guess fine. And as far as like location goes with like all-star music or sports, for me it's not that bad of a, a ride to really any mm-hmm. of the parks. I mean, I guess if you, like you said, you want to be at Epcot spending that time, first one there or last one to leave, then sure. If you have the money, I wouldn't turn it down if somebody... No, <laughs> I'd love to stay at one of the Epcot boardwalk hotels. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't turn it down, but realistically that's just where I'm going to be. Yeah, I think if you were planning a trip where you were going to build in a lot of resort time, every other day we're going to be at the pool then, yeah, stay at a hotel that has a great pool. But if you're going to be in the park all day, every day, I don't think it's worth it to spend $700 a night on a hotel room. But no. You're just going to come back to sleep and take a 
shower. Right. No. That's us. We're just not spending a whole lot of time in, yeah. the, in the Well, it goes back to, like you said, your preferences and your priorities. I think mm-hmm. everybody has a budget number in mind. Well, I want to spend as little money as possible within reason. But <laughs> yes. I think if you're going into it and you say, I have, this is my top dollar amount that I want to spend on this vacation. You can allocate that money in different ways. Mm-hmm. So maybe you really want to stay. I want to stay at the Grand Floridian. I want to have that experience. That's mm-hmm. the flagship hotel. It's the one that's on all of the commercials and everything. Great. But you're taking money away from a different part of your budget. So maybe before you were going to plan on a sit-down meal every day, and now maybe you're eating quick service all week because you spent your money on the Grand Floridian. Or maybe you cut your trip shorter by a day. Maybe if you stayed at the All-Stars, you could have stayed for an extra day. Right. Paid for an extra day of ticket, but you want to stay at the Grand Floridian, so now you got to cut it back a day. Really, just about knowing what you want to get out of it, the experience that you want to have. Yeah, having that plan, but allowing it to be loose, I feel like is is for me less stressful way of doing a trip mm-hmm. because I have an idea. For me, the thought of hearing people that have been like, "Oh, we just arrived at the park," and that oh, that makes me feel so uncomfortable. Um, but I'm trying to dial it down with kids, mm-hmm. uh, and also being more in the moment, not being on the ride going, okay, what are we going to do next? Mm-hmm. You yep. know, because yep. this is not enjoyable. Being more present, but having that outline, and I especially think your first time knowing the areas of art, knowing if you're trying to get in all the rides, get the Genie Plus, map out what you're going to do. It almost reminds me of like a pinball machine in a way. You're going to ping here, ping there, <laughs> you know. Well, hopefully you don't, you don't yeah. ping too much. Hopefully you can plan it so you're trying yeah. to <laughs> not go from right. Pirates of the Caribbean right. up to the Little Mermaid ride. You are trying to plan so that you are yes. kind of yeah. going from one area of the park to the neighboring area right. of the park. When we started, it's like, okay, we did this whole half of the park. Mm-hmm. Now we have the other half. Yep. And you can kind of do that with the park, too. It's kind of laid out that way, which is nice. Yeah, I think they're all in a circle, yep. more or less, that you can, you can come in. I would suggest, again, first time, if you're going, especially with kids, two days at Magic Kingdom, for yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The other parks, you can probably get away with a day. Magic Kingdom, you're going to want two days. You can walk in, and you can say, on our first day, we're going to go left, and we're going to go around as far as we can, and then day two, we're going to go right and go around as far as we can. I think the other parks have some ability to do that. You just have to look at that map and make your list of priorities, yep. one of the things that you definitely want to do, and then you can try to figure out a good order and a good path for you to take so that you know you got to get from here to there right. and reservation you're at this time. Tracking. Right. Yeah. Because you can easily do that where if you don't have it planned out, ride something and then ugh, forgot you want to do X, Y, and Z, have to walk all the way back somewhere mm-hmm. to get to something else. But yeah, going in with no plan, I would not suggest. <laughs> I also would not suggest if you're going for the first time, you do not need a park hopper. No. You probably don't want a park hopper for the first time. I think a park hopper is good in situations where you know exactly how you're going to use it. Let's say you know that you want to have dinner in Epcot every night, that you're going to go and have a sit-down meal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Canada, and I'm going to go to France, and I'm going to go to Italy, and every night I'm going to eat in a different country. So I want to be able to go to Epcot every night, and I want to be able to go to Hollywood Studios every
every morning. I want to have the option to go to Hollywood Studios every morning so I can try to get in line for Rise of the Resistance because I know it's going to be down half my trip. So I want to be able to try to get in there and get on it. If you are a more experienced Disney goer and you know that you're going to be doing that, I think then Park Hopper might make sense for you. If you are a first time traveler and you're going four or five days, there is no reason that you need to start in one park and end in another park. No, you'll you, be too stressed. You waste time traveling. Right. Epcot and Magic Kingdom, you can take the monorail, but that's still time that you're not in the park. Right. It also, I think, just adds a level of stress to it that it's not necessary. If you have a day to be in Animal Kingdom, why are you going to spend half of your day in Animal Kingdom on Monday and then half of your day in Animal Kingdom on Thursday? Just go to Animal Kingdom all day on Monday. Right. It's also expensive. Yeah, you're saving money not having it. Yeah. yeah. Why pay for something that you really are not going to get any value out of? Would not recommend Park Hopper. Now, I know that there are people who go for very short trips, like we're only going to be there for a day or two days, and so they want to be able to mm-hmm. bounce around. If you are going for the first time, if you can't commit to four days at least of park time, I would say just save your money and go another time if right. you can. The stress of a Disney vacation, which is always going to be stressful to an extent, it the more time you have, the stress gets spread out over those days because, okay, well, Rise of the Resistance was down today, but if we you know you're going to be back, right. right, then it takes the pressure off. If you condense all that pressure down into a day or two days, you're not going to have a good time. I don't think. No, I don't. I, we actually ran into a mother and daughter on our second day. We were on the bus heading to Animal Kingdom. They were there for two days and they were getting up, going to Animal Kingdom. She's like, we're trying to leave right at noon to go to Epcot. And then they were going to go to Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? <laughs> I just, that just does not seem enjoyable. Well, let me just say, I understand that there are circumstances in which people will only be there for a couple days that, you know, we were coming down, it was Cousin Sally's graduation, and so we're coming down to see the family, and then while we're here, we're going to go to the park for a day. Okay, I get that. I get that people do that. But if you are planning, this is our Walt Disney World trip, our vacation, this is the reason we're going to Orlando, you got to have at least four days in the parks. Oh, at least. for at least. But I would say most recent trip, I wish. I would have had one extra day in the middle just to chill. We had a great time and overall I wasn't surprisingly not totally exhausted every day Mm -hmm. leaving the park, but I do wish we would have planned one rest day. Yeah, we we thought about having an off day this most recent trip, so we got there on Saturday and we left the next Saturday, so we had six full days. And originally when we first booked it, we got five day tickets and we planned to take a day off in the middle. And then... well, how much would it be to add on that sixth day? And it was like $25 a person more to add that sixth day. And so we went ahead and we changed it to the six-day tickets because I figured we don't know how he's going to do, mm-hmm. if he's going to love it or hate it. He might have a day where he's just not feeling it or he's tired and maybe we go and we get to the park and by lunchtime he's just had it and we just have to call it a day and try again tomorrow. So it helped take a little bit of the pressure off in that we knew if 
we got to Hollywood Studios and he is done at noon. Okay, we can come back to Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. another day. We have a, an extra chance. So we did end up going all six days because he loved it and why not? Hey, why not? But that $25 extra a person was worth it to me to have the option to stay or go. And if we had chosen not to go or maybe we had done like a half day or something, $25 I would have felt okay about that. Like that was worth it to me for that like insurance. Right. It's that buffer. Let's talk about packing. Yes. Now we could go into a whole Oof, list that's of all, just what that's to pack. A whole we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> but I think we'll just say about packing, make a list, write it down or make a note in your phone or something. It's packing for a vacation plus. It's the next level of packing for vacation. Well, you're spending a good chunk of time in the parks walking. It's not your typical just what you have in your diaper bag. There's extra things that you need. Weather. Right. Well, that's another thing. What time of year are you going? Right. When we went November mornings, the kids had pants. In the afternoons, the kids had shorts on. Right. I think you want to be prepared for... Obviously, if you're going in July, you don't need to bring pants. But if you're going in sort of an in-between season, I think you want to pack for any possibility of as far as weather or temperature. But I think if you don't write it down and then as you're packing, check things off. There's just so much stuff that you're going to think, oh, I should bring this or get that or whatever. Yeah. You're not going to be able to hold it all in your head. So I think you want to write it down and then as you're packing, be physically checking things off and you want to start packing early. A month <laughs> in advance. Maybe yes. that's too much, but I think as you pack, it triggers you to think about other, other scenarios mm-hmm. or things that you want to bring. Yeah. And you, so you might want to be able to go shopping or order well, something. right. I mean, I, as soon as I thought of something that I didn't have, so I had my packing list of all the things that I knew. I have a suitcase. I have a raincoat. I have two spare shoes. Then I had a separate list of things that I needed to order. Yeah, and I think we both utilize the Amazon wish list yes. feature to add things for, okay, this is stuff that I'm going to want oh, for I Disney. Oh, I had my own Disney wish list on Amazon. For us, we're on one income and it made it easier for me. Okay, I'm going to do this bunch mm-hmm. of order. We have Amazon Prime. We get it two days. I knew that. But having those two separate ones of what I have in my house, going to go into my bag, start putting it in the suitcase. Do you have all your, are you super organized? I'm not super organized, which probably should be, but do you have your little organizer things, bags for your for your luggage? Are you flying? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you take all that stuff into account. Not like my husband that just throws <laughs> morning of throw it the morning the of and I, the best. and I can attest he has done that stresses me out it's stressful yeah it is stressful. that was something that I wanted to say was if you start packing early I think you feel more secure like I have everything checked off my list it's all packed it's all organized and it's neat and you're not stressing the night before like what am I forgetting you know mm-hmm. I think it also can be fun I think it's kind of the start well plan Planning the trip, I think, for me, is the start of the trip experience. It's like yes. going on and looking at dates and hotels and all that stuff. I think it's fun because it gets you in, like, we're going on a trip and gets you in the mindset. But I think packing can be that, too, where you're, like, putting your outfits together. Yes. And thinking about, you know, oh, I'm going to bring my waterproof case for my phones. And then if I go on this ride, you know, like, it just starts yeah. you thinking about that stuff. And, and I think it's kind of fun. A lot of people, I'm sure, out there, some people are not in 
into it. But I did some matching shirts for my kids. Because mm-hmm. my kids are at, still at an age that I can have them wear matching shirts and they're cool with it. I know that's going to end eventually. You know, that was one of my things. And so I, that was also a list. I had some iron-on things that I ordered off of Etsy. And I had everybody's outfits. Day one, day mm-hmm. two. Everything was sectioned out. It takes that stress off of everybody's outfits. Everything's here. I mean, you can always get things on the other side. Yeah, well, I think that brings us to another point. Especially if you're flying and suitcase space is limited and you're not bringing your car where you can just load it up mm-hmm. with all sorts of stuff. Grocery delivery and Amazon in particular delivery. You can get things delivered to the resort. There is a $6 delivery fee for them to accept the package and bring it to your room. But if it's the choice between paying $6 for a package fee versus either I got to pay for an extra suitcase on the airline right. or I got to pay for an Uber to take me to Walmart or wherever, then I think that $6 is worth it. We've done both regular Amazon orders where a day or two days before, and it's like, we're not going to bring this stuff with us. We're going to order it and it'll be there. Like my husband, for example, drinks an energy drink pretty much every morning instead of coffee. He's an energy drink guy. Can't really bring the, I mean, I guess you could check them on a plane, but it's liquid, so you can't bring it on carry-on. So two days before, you put in an order for a case of drinks to be sent to the hotel. Right. It's there when you get there. We've also done Amazon's grocery delivery service. Mm-hmm. Amazon Fresh. And That's what we did last time. That we've done sitting in the airport, waiting to get on the flight, put together our order, submit it, and then it was there when we got there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, my kids, they're snack. Mm-hmm. I mean, just snack all day long. Yes. Um, which will be another episode. It's kind of partially money saving. I mean, a tip thing now to bring snacks. Yes. Because they loaded up on so many snacks when we actually sat down to have a meal. Most of it was them picking on whatever we were eating. Mm-hmm. Saved us money. Yeah. I mean, my son could eat a whole bunch of bananas in a single day if I let him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got bananas and strawberries and tangerines and granola bars. And, I mean, we drove, but we have a four-door sedan, double stroller and suitcases. Two and, yeah. and Two I mean, car seats. Two, and, yeah, as mm-hmm. you know, even taking a short little weekend trip with kids it's like you got their stuffies and the sound machines and their toys and tablets and you know what have you car activities and everything and and so even with us driving i knew we weren't we were limited on space we had some snacks that we were brought with us for the car ride but we got to our hotel and you know you don't even have to check in which is nice well you do the online online check yeah Yeah. online check-in we went to the little kiosk they brought us the you know Amazon delivery bag and rolled it off to our room and was there ready when we got there. And so it just makes it nice and you save so much space and just convenience of not having to, even though we had our car. Well, went out once to do a Target pickup, sent my husband, which he, I don't know, got so turned around getting to the Target and getting back. Right. Oh my gosh. It's just easier to have somebody deliver it to you. Right. <laughs> well, and Disney does have their own grocery delivery service and they also have 
if you're staying in a Disney resort hotel. Pretty big selection of stuff you can buy if you need yeah. a gallon of milk or you need diapers or an Advil or they do have some stuff there. It's going to be more expensive than if you get it from Amazon or, or somewhere else, but it is available to you if you need something like immediately. Mm-hmm. And like milk, we've gotten milk at Disney many a time. That's another money-saving tip is bring a box of Cheerios and get a gallon of milk or half gallon of milk when you yep. get there and then that's your breakfast. So we've done that and that's worked out well for us past, but if you can plan ahead a little bit for some things, not have to buy them at Disney property, it will save you some money. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because it, like you said, it is going to be more expensive. But if you're, you know, needed right then, then yeah, they do have the, those things available. But yeah, that's one of mine for a Disney trip. Having that grocery delivery or Amazon or what have you is like, set that up, then you don't have to worry. And like I said, my kids snack on so much stuff. <laughs> I think it also kind of makes you feel a little more comfortable if you got some food yes. in your room. If you go a little, a little hungry and you right. got something to nibble right. on, and you don't right. have to go venture out and try to find something. It's like, oh, we're here in our little, in our little room and we're settled in. And yeah, just get yeah. A, get an applesauce pouch out and <laughs> applesauce pouch. Day. Yeah. Uh, anything else you think that we we've missed that that you want to? Oh, talk I mean, about? I'm sure there's. Oh, I'm sure there. We could talk for hours upon hours on tips, first time tips for. We'll sure. call this one our top tips, but. Yeah, Maybe there I mean, will be a top tips part two in the future. There probably will be. And a lot of the tips to money-saving tips. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, that'll be a whole separate list. That will be a whole separate one. I'm all about some saving some dough. Mm-hmm. I know my husband especially. <laughs> well, I think, so, I think everybody likes to save money as long as it is in a way that you still have a good experience, which mm-hmm. I think we do. Yeah. So I think anybody, even if you're staying at a deluxe hotel, you still can save some money. Oh, yeah. You still yeah. do some tips tips and tricks. So, do you want to go ahead and move on to the news portion? Oh, here we go. All right, a surprise. I'm ready. I have prepared a news story. Well, I haven't prepared the news story, but I have found a news story. Lucy doesn't know what it is. Maybe you've already seen this. Maybe you haven't. I'm going to read you the title of this article, and you tell me if you've heard about this. Okay. You can visit all of the Disney parks on a private jet for $115,000. What? Yeah, so they are putting together a Adventures by Disney trip. It's called Disney Parks Around the World, a private jet adventure. Whoa. You visit all six theme parks, and there's also some other destinations in between. 24 days. Wow. And this is the starting price is $115,000. So it's a group of 75 people, six countries, six Disney resorts, which is 12 theme parks. Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Paris. Yeah, six. Okay. Then you also go to the Taj Mahal, the Pyramids of Giza, and the Eiffel tower. So they have a Boeing 757 private jet for the group. The price includes 69 meals, 23 breakfasts, 23 lunches, 23 dinners. Travelers must be at least 12 years old. I am so curious about who they think is going to be booking this trip. Yeah. When they just announced the closure of the Galactic Star Cruiser. Oh, That people complained about spending five, six thousand dollars on a two-day thing. I think it would be so great to go and see all the theme parks. Oh my gosh, yes. Doing it all in 24 days. How exhausted are you going to be? I mean... (laughs) 
and jet lag. <laughs> okay, uh, so here we go. Looking at the Adventures by Disney website now. So you start out at Disneyland, you stay at the Grand Californian, you go to Skywalker Ranch, you stay at the Fairmont San Francisco, then you go over to Tokyo, then Shanghai, then Hong Kong, then India for the Taj Mahal, then Cairo for the pyramids, then go to Paris, and then back to Orlando to stay at the Grand Floridian. Wow. Prices start $114,995 for adults and children. Same price. Wow. Well, because I guess they got to be 12 and up, so yeah. Disney considers okay. them adults. Let's see. Dates. So the first one, which is departing... Oh, no, this is... Okay. This is actually one that they have done in the past. So oh, there is okay. one this year, oh. departing July 9th and returning August 1st, no longer available for booking. So, oh, wow. So then next year, June 16th to July 9th, July 28th to August 20th. I just wonder, like you said, this is the Star Cruiser. Oh, yeah. So there's only two, so let's see, 75 people on two trips. So it's 150 people in a year that they have to find who are willing to spend this. How many people are there who live in Golden Oak? How many people are there who are Club 33 members? Right. So there are people who have big money who are Disney fans. I don't Is know. Is sustainable? Well, I don't know. I guess if they decide it's not, then maybe they'll condense it down to one trip or do something else. But even if you had the money, even if you were a billionaire and you had $115,000 to spend just for you, if you want to bring your husband or your kids, you got to have $115,000 oh. for each of them too. Right. And that doesn't include, you got to get yourself to Disneyland right. to start. And then you got to get yourself home for Orlando at the end. So right. that there's also flights on top of that. I just think if I was going to go to all of the Disney parks, if that was my goal, and even if I wanted to go to the Disney parks and I want to see the Taj Mahal and I want to go to the pyramids and I want to go to the Eiffel Tower. It's so much. Eiffel Tower and Disneyland Paris you could do in a trip. You know, maybe Tokyo, Shanghai, and Hong Kong maybe you can do in a trip. I mean, even that alone That's I think lot. would be a, a big commitment. It's a whirlwind, I feel like. But so to do all of this back to back, are you really going to enjoy it, are you really going to have time to take it in? Right. Are you just going to be busting through things? How much time is that going to be on just on planes? Yeah. I would love to hear an account of somebody's experience doing it. Yeah. And did they enjoy it? Would they do something like that again? Or would they rather have taken their $115,000 and split it up between multiple smaller trips right. as opposed right. to doing it all at once? Well, anybody out there, though, they want to <laughs> sponsor me. I mean, I would totally... I would, I would do it. I, I don't know if I would, honestly. Really? 24 days straight of traveling? Give yeah. It, give me the money instead, and I'll plan, you know, I'll plan a few different trips. I'll break it up over the course of a couple years, as opposed to going... That's just yeah. a long time to be away it from is. home. It and is. And living out of a suitcase. I mean, I like to be home too much, I guess. Yeah. I would love to hear some account. I'd love to see video of it, honestly. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. Have you seen any, any, any Disney <laughs> news that you're uh, really itching... No, I know your typical thing that I've seen recently. Somebody's gotten stuck on the Skyliner. And oh, well, that's, that's not news. <laughs> it's not news. I think we can wrap it up. Surprisingly, we can wrap it up this time. <laughs> Literally, we can't. Well, if you've listened this far to the end, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. And we will see you again next time. Bye-bye.